Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program for the first time in a long time. I'm able to say IU will open up NCAA tournament play tonight, 9, 10 p.m. Eastern time on True TV, and they will open up in the first four. So Indiana, one of the last four teams in the NCAA field, they will open up against the Wyoming Cowboys, who are 25-8 and eight under second-year coach Jeff Linder. Uh, seems like this is going to be an interesting challenge tonight for the Hoosiers. Not just a team that we don't know lots about, but a team that's had a good season and a team that pounds it inside. I understand, and, and I think we talked some about this yesterday, Wyoming uh, really going to post up a lot, which is going to be interesting to see how TJD and how Race are able to help defend that. Uh, but there's no question it's going to be a little different ball game tonight for IU. Trying to get in to the Thursday game against St. Mary's. So uh, a big opportunity. And if Indiana can muster the win tonight, what a turnaround from a Tuesday night 9-10 p.m. tip-off to a Thursday game out west in Portland against St. Mary's, another very good team. And again, I know we may not think of them in the Midwest as a high major team or someone from a power conference, but they definitely have had a great year. And I think that will be a really tough game for the Hoosiers if they can find a way past Wyoming tonight. So lots more coming up on IU and Wyoming. And I know the NCAA has been under some fire for, and they are every year, for decisions about who made the field, who was left out of the field, uh, travel situations, why was Indiana one of the last four teams. I know a lot of Hoosier fans have been glad Indiana got in, but not understanding of why they were one of the last few teams to actually get in the tournament based on the run they had at the Big Ten tournament. But I saw something last night, just before I dozed off, from Matt Norlander of CBS Sports, and it was Colorado State, who and I don't have the bracket in front of me. I think they're a sixth seed uh, coming up later this week when they open play on Thursday. And if I've got it correct, uh, Colorado State has the first game of the NCAA tournament. So that would, what, make it a, a noon or so game sometime in that ballpark. And as of last night, I'm going to say 11 p.m., 11.30 p.m., midnight, somewhere in that ballpark, they had not received any notification from the NCAA who's responsible for all the travel and pays for all the travel in the NCAA tournament. They had received no itinerary. They didn't know if they were leaving out Tuesday morning, uh, which would be today, Tuesday midday, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening. They had no clue. And that doesn't sound like NCAA operations. I mean, think back to last year with the uh, pandemic and everything in one location. I thought in Indianapolis it was amazing 
how smooth things went logistically. A lot of people I know that are inside or were inside the bubble last year, media people just raved and raved about how organized things were. So that was an interesting thing. You talk about oddities about the NCAA tournament coming up to be a a Colorado State team that's had one of your best seasons ever and a chance maybe some think to make a little run in the tournament and be sitting there on Monday night, really early Tuesday morning, and have no clue where you're going to go. Uh, that that's odd. So we'll. I haven't checked today this morning yet to see if they've gotten any kind of uh, of update or uh, now know their flight plans uh, to wherever they were going. But I thought that was kind of an odd situation as we think about the NCAA tournament. But nonetheless, I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it's starting. Tonight will be fun. Indiana and Wyoming and kind of a standalone game. So both programs are going to have a lot of eyes on this game tonight. And then I'm really excited for some of the first-round matchups Thursday and Friday and, of course, the weekend games as well. Uh, There's just something special about the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament, and it's here. Uh, And tonight really kickstarts everything. All right, let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments, Greg Mingelt of Hoosier Hills Hoops is going to join me. Uh, We've got regionals still to recap. Uh, we kind of need to, to, to congratulate and send some of our teams off that did not win. Uh, obviously, the Pioneers of Providence did win behind a big performance from Casey Kalen. Big stuff for Coach Ryan Miller, and we're going to talk about that coming up here in just a few moments. Also, later in the show, uh, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join me. We'll get you ready for this IU-Wyoming matchup tonight. And then later in the show, more basketball with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com as he joins us as well to talk about what this NCAA tournament appearance means for Mike Woodson in year one and for the program after uh, a stretch of of no NCAA postseason basketball. And we'll get Mike's thoughts on the matchup tonight as well. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to get your thoughts on IU and Wyoming and NCAA tournament thoughts. Uh, anything local as well, text me, 502-414-1450. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. All right, first guest, Greg Mingelt, is with us. Greg, welcome in. Great time of year for hoops. Obviously, I just kind of set the table for college basketball that begins later today. But high school basketball, that regional weekend, that regional Saturday that just ended, it's one of the best days of the year. And before we get to Providence, who moves on, hats off to Floyd Central and Todd Sturgeon and Borden and Doc Nash. And I even want to throw in our buddy Lou LaFay and North Harrison, uh, a local team. They got beat on a half-court type shot, a bank in at the buzzer. Uh, Good seasons. I thought Floyd would still be playing. They're not, but what a season the Highlanders had. All of those locals deserve lots of congratulations for making it to where they did. Absolutely, and uh, you're right. Floyd Central losing, especially to Franklin in the first round, a team that came into the uh, postseason with eight wins. Just completely stunning um, loss there. Uh, obviously, when you look through the season and then particularly in the postseason, uh, Floyd Central was obviously a, a, a team that matched up well with some teams and didn't match up well with others. Um, not very many teams could um, uh, kind of counter their size and their 
uh, a lot of the abilities that they have. But uh, obviously, they ran into a very hot Franklin team and almost, by the way, beat Bloomington North in the evening. So, um, you know, as you pointed out last week when we talked, they had beaten Jennings County. They had beaten Columbus North late in the season. Their sectional wasn't very good, but... um, when when you said maybe we need to watch out for Franklin, I was skeptical of that. I didn't. I thought Bloomington North was clearly the uh, the team that they were going to play in the championship game. And Matt, not only was I wrong about Floyd Central, I was wrong about all four f- games in the first round of the regional. And that's very unusual that that it's that hard to predict. Um, yeah, those were four pretty interesting regionals that we had on on Saturday. Yeah, a lot of fun, and uh, it was a wild day for us from Seymour to Huntingburg and, and then back home, but uh, glad we could be there for the Providence Championship. Um, hat, hats off to Ryan Miller. He was with us yesterday. It was fun to talk with him coming out of that big weekend. Um, and I'm not sure the average person, and I brought this up in some form or fashion with him yesterday, understands how hard – even we know Providence is good. I mean, we know Providence is a great defensive team. We know they got a lot of senior leadership. I mean, there's a lot of positives that give you a thought, okay, Providence is maybe not that big of an underdog here in this regional. But to beat two really good ball clubs in one day, especially that Linton-Stockton team in the morning who's got Joey Hart Jr. that's quite the player that's getting lots of D1 interest – and the way Linton Stockton plays very much in some ways mirrors Providence, and the Pioneers are tough to prepare for. And then to come back at night, beat a good Forest Park team led by all-time leading scorer Drew Howard. I mean, Providence knocked out two good coaches, two great players, two really good programs in one day, and that's yeah. impressive. And two good teams this year as well. And, uh, yeah, it was um, – you look back uh, maybe a month ago, and they lost to Rock Creek and – Almost lost to Christian Academy on the same weekend, and you thought, well, they could probably still contend for a sectional, but that's probably about it. But then late in the year, you know, they almost beat North Harrison, as you talked about, obviously one of the best teams in Class 3A. Um, they had a lot of good performances down the stretch. And then what they did to Southwestern in the sectional championship game, beating them by 22 points on their home floor. You know, and Southwestern's another program that's always uh, a really good team. And you start to think, man, maybe they, maybe they are legit. Clearly, they are. Uh, it was, um, you know, th- they're not a team that when they get off the bus, you're going to look at them and say that's an intimidating group of players because it's not. Um, but like you said, they play defense. They they set their own pace. They don't let the other team uh, influence their pace, what they want to do. Obviously, like you said, Ryan Miller is a very good coach. I think that's become quite clear this year and. Um, you know, and, and they have a go-to player, obviously, in Casey Kalen, who was just amazing in the second half of uh, Saturday's second win. And uh, you know, now that now they got another tough test, but um, obviously, it would be stupid at this point to count them out. Yeah. In, in the semi-state, absolutely. And uh, speaking of uh, Providence, uh, a story that's going up now, Casey Kalen, you uh, are writing about as player of the week for this week, based on what he accomplished Saturday. Yeah, and uh, had two really good games. Um, I think 15 points in the first game, and he had six of their 10 points at halftime of the regional championship. <coughs> and um, and they uh, and but then he just completely turned it on. 20 points in the second half. He ended up with 26 of their 44. Um, man, what a what a performance! And it's it's nice to know that you have a player that you can. Uh, 
you can count on like that to uh, carry you if if he needs to when the team was obviously struggling to score in the first half. Yeah, no question. Talking with Greg Mingeld of Hoosier Hills Hoops, a uh, little high school basketball here before we get to some college stuff. Uh, Greg, you know, another thing to bring up uh, is Eastern Hancock. They are the opponent for Providence coming up on Saturday in the Seymour Semi-State. I think you're familiar with them. You got a chance to watch some of them play on Saturday. Yeah, that IHSA TV thing is really nice uh, to be able to to watch uh, games all across the state like that. Uh, this is probably the best team Eastern Hancock's ever had. Um, that This is their first 22-win season in program history. They've only won one regional championship before Saturday in their program's history. But this is a really good team, and they do look like uh, the team that would uh, – that you'd be scared of when they got off the bus. They're they're big and athletic. They've got uh, everybody on in their starting lineup can score. Um, they've got um, Landon O'Neill, who's averages 15 points a game, just dead eye shooter, can drive as well. And then they got um, their their coach Aaron Spalding has two twin has twin sons who basically take turns running the point. Both average about five assists and two steals a game. Uh, that's a really good. Uh, that's a really good team they have there, and they have some depth as well. So I would just assume that the um, the prognostications would be that Eastern Hancock's the favorite, but probably not as much as Linton Stockton was against Providence. So, um, you know, I think Linton Stockton was five and, and Eastern Hancock six, so pretty um, even resumes. So obviously Providence has a chance in this game. Um Eastern Hancock's going to be a really tough team to beat, though. Yeah, going to be a good game on Saturday evening, and Seymour should be a fantastic crowd. That 1A game first, followed by the 2A game. Uh, I can't imagine a better way to pair that from an environment perspective, a crowd perspective. And we're going to have a lot more coming up later in the week. Ryan Miller and others will join us for a, a Twitter Spaces this week, which is going to be uh, something new that we try out here. I'll have more on that for you tomorrow. And then uh, I'll even have uh, Coach Spalding. I know a little bit at Eastern Hancock. He's going to join us later in the week, I think, to kind of help preview the matchup. So more on that coming up. Also in high school basketball, real quick, Kennedy Mason Striverson, just before we came on the air today, uh, she was selected, uh, voted, and picked as an Indiana All-Star to play against Kentucky in the two-game series this summer. And really, she's the only player locally anywhere close to uh, be on the All-Star roster this year. No real surprise there. I thought she would make it, but glad to see her in Silver Creek with what they've been able to accomplish, have some representation. Yeah, she's, I think, it's obviously one of the best 10 to 20 high school seniors in Indiana. So she was obviously uh, – going to be a candidate and you talk about the team success and what she's done the last couple of years kind of and kind of carrying the team this year in a lot of ways to the state finals that was a pretty easy choice all right greg mingelt hoosier hills hoops uh my guest he you can read all of his work hoosierhillshoops.com we, we've got to talk a little college hoops because it's march madness big dance starts this week and uh, we've got, I think, maybe some local connections in there. T- tell us some of the locals that we have, whether it's NCAA or another level of a postseason tournament that are getting underway this week or very soon. Yeah, well, I, uh, Middle Tennessee is the only one, and uh, honestly, we don't know what the status is with Josh Jefferson. He didn't play in the conference tournament, and they lost in overtime to a UAB team that's now in the NCAA tournament. So that's kind of sad for what happened there at the end, and we don't know if he'll play, but they will be in the CBI this weekend on Saturday. I'm sorry I didn't look at the schedule. We can 
uh, updated that on Twitter, who they're playing and all that. Um, of course, you got to talk a little bit about Bellarmine as well. And not only did they win their conference championship, but the kind of the, the nation kind of rallied behind them saying that they should be in the NCAA tournament. And look, they agreed that they weren't going to be for four years. Whether you like that rule or not, that's what they decided. And But the weird thing was how they determined who was going to go to the tournament from that conference. So, But we've gotten to the point where Bellarmine is a program. They've lost all these seniors. Um, all indications are that um, Justin Betts is probably going to return next year, hopefully. Um, but everybody else basically in the rotation was a senior. But that's a program that, you know, what? Coach Davenport's done over there. They're just going to reload and a really good recruiting class uh, coming in as well. And um, so hopefully that that's not the last we hear from Bellarmine. Yep, yep. Other things in March, uh, college players. Uh, I know we've had some see their seasons come to an end that aren't going to have postseason and others will. Uh, Josh Jefferson, Middle Tennessee, has been mm-hmm. out. We don't know the specific injury, but he – they had a chance to win that conference tournament. They had a chance yeah. to get to the championship game and may have done it. It was a triple overtime right. loss without him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was interesting. But anything else to pay attention to from a local perspective uh, here in March? Uh, not here in March, but um, some young kids had some really good seasons that we're going to have to look out for in the future, particularly Jake Hydebreeder um, at, at Air Force. Uh, Cooper Jacoby kind of saw his playing time go down late in the season, but Toledo, not only were they the best team in the MAC most of the season, they got upset in the tournament, but they're all young too. That's another, both of those programs are going to be programs on the rise with led by local kids. So, um, you know, obviously Purdue has, uh, Trey Kaufman who's red shirting, but yeah, that for now, I think, uh, Josh Jefferson's all that's left. All right. Uh, and one other note too, we can catch up more on this and, in future weeks, but I do want to get in a little baseball note here. I saw the preseason polls for high school baseball came out from the Coaches Association earlier this this week. Providence, number one in their class. New Albany and Jeff, both top ten teams in 4A, and a lot of representation from our area and the greater southern Indiana area. So high school baseball officially began with the official practices yesterday. There will be some scrimmage games coming up here in the next week or two. And then when you get later in March, uh, some of the teams hit the road and go for little trips and play some games. Others host some games. Uh, I think we're going to have a fun high school baseball season ahead of us, and that's always a a great sport here in the area. So that's just around the corner. Yeah, we have a serious contender in all four classes with Borden, Providence, Silver Creek, and then I think Jeff Floyd and New Albany all have to be considered uh, contenders, and they mostly are every year. But, oh, man, our baseball, you think basketball is good around here. If you love baseball, get out to some games. No question. All right, Greg Mingelt, you can read his work, HoosierHillsHoops.com. You can follow him at Greg underscore Mingelt on Twitter. He's also with us Tuesdays to talk through all of the local basketball topics, and we'll continue that obviously, through the basketball season. Uh, That'll wrap it up, Greg. Thanks for being with us. We'll head to a commercial break and come back to get you ready for IU and Wyoming tonight. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosiers is going to be with me. We've got lots to talk about. And Mike Pegram still ahead as well from the Pigs.com IU website. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. 
Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. Just a couple notes for you. The uh, Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in your questions, comments about the Hoosiers. We'll get them on the air today. Also, we've got a couple changes with the show. It's a busy week. We've got NCAA uh, basketball this week. We've got IU tonight here on the Big X. About 8 o'clock is the pregame with Don Fisher. But uh, uh, this week, starting tomorrow, the rest of the week, this show, the Hoosier Report, will air at 10 a.m. Uh, each day for one hour. And that is because the 11 o'clock time slot is going to be uh, busy with the Kentucky High School Sweet 16. We've got the 6th region Jefferson Town Chargers and the 7th region Male Bulldogs, our two locals across the river, playing in 11 o'clock games the next few days. And if one of them wins, it's likely that they're going to play at 11 o'clock on Friday in a, uh, a second-round game. So we're going to be with you to, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, 10 a.m., and very likely – be with you Friday at 10 a.m. as well, so stay with us. But uh, don't forget early tomorrow uh, and early for sure on Thursday for this program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest getting ready for NCAA basketball. Mike, it just that just sounds good to uh, talk about the Hoosiers in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's been a little while, hasn't it? <laughs> Six years since we've talked about it. Yes, yes, it has. Uh, interesting opponent tonight is the best way I know how to quickly describe the game against Wyoming. We're going to break it down a little bit more coming up here. But uh, this Wyoming team, from everything I, I read and see, obviously they're a quality ball club. You're not going to get the, to the big dance from whatever conference if you're not a quality team. But they're a different team in how they play, and they're really going to pound it down low tonight. They, they are, and they're, they're going to play methodical half-court at least on the offensive end. I, I think, you know, I've heard people compare them to Wisconsin and what limited action I've seen of them. I, I think that's pretty apt in terms of the pace that they like to play. In terms of adjusted tempo, they're actually slower this season than Wisconsin. So they're, they're going to move the ball. They're, they're going to try to feed it in uh, to, to their big man, EK, and then they're going to try to play inside out. Um they don't shoot the three ball all that well, but they have some shooters. I think they kind of cooled off as the season wore on here, but but you're absolutely right. They, they've got some size. They, they like to try to use it. I, I think it'll be real interesting on that that matchup of, you know, whoever Indiana goes with on, on EK, whether it's Trace Jackson Davis or Race Thompson, you know, just, just how, how the Wyoming big man does because, you know, these, this is probably going to be the most talented uh, size that he's seen all season. I just wonder, uh, you know, normally we think of Trace and Race for offensive purposes. Yes, they are effective uh, defensive guys as well. There's no question about that, but they shine on the offensive end. Tonight, I have a feeling that one or both of those guys, and I wonder even Big Mike Durr, as, as Coach Woodson calls him, I wonder if Big Mike can contribute, especially on the defensive end tonight, because what you don't want to see is Race or Trace or a combination of both get in some low post battles, get in some early foul problems, and then it takes them out of the ability to do what they do on the offensive end. 
Yeah, this would be a fantastic game for Big Mike to to have a big moment for multiple reasons. I mean, you, you can't go into an NCAA tournament game trying to preserve uh, legs and preserve minutes because you, you you have to advance, obviously. But you know, if, if Indiana were to win, they got a brutal travel schedule ahead and a, a quick turnaround with another game on Thursday. And this looks like a game where Michael Dirk can have an impact. When when you watch Wyoming's big man on film, he's not particularly athletic or quick. He's more of a, the, the brute physical type. And Dirk will have a couple inches on him. So it might be a game where he can give you 10, 12 minutes and, and you know, have a nice positive impact. I feel like over the course of the season, as he recovered from, from his knee injury, he has, you know, had some more you know, burst some more. Uh, he, he's looked a bit more athletic. Nobody's going to say he's an athletic guy, but, 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 you know, I think this is a, on paper, it looks like a pretty good matchup for him. And it might be a chance for, for Trace and race to, you know, cut down their minutes again uh, a bit without Indiana, you know, really putting themselves at any kind of risk in doing so. Mike Schumann of the daily Hoosiers. My guest, Mike is with me Tuesdays on our program to talk IU basketball and more. And, Mike, you know, this Indiana team, there's no denying it. Uh, they're not perfect, but they were surging in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. Once they got down, I think it was 17 points for Michigan, it just, to, from that point forward, it seemed like a different IU team uh, in some ways offensively and, and also defensively as well, stepping up their game. I think tonight will tell, tell the tale of – what we saw in three games at the Big Ten tournament. I'm going to include the loss to Iowa because I thought at times IU played very, very well. Uh, was that just a phase? Was that just a little mini run by the team that got hyped over the weekend to try to make some noise and try to get in the NCAA tournament? Or is this IU team truly a team that's turned the corner? Because as I listen to different college basketball guys that write about this stuff and cover this stuff on a national level – some say that they think Indiana is a team that can make a run in the tournament, kind of be a surprise team. But for that to happen, I think I need to see Indiana come out tonight, pick up where they left off at the Big Ten tournament, and then we may be able to talk about this Indiana team legitimately after beating Wyoming tonight, being able to maybe play with and beat St. Mary and win a game or two further into the tournament. Yeah, I, I really can't quite put my finger on what happened in that, that Michigan game. It was so you know, so significant, the change, you know, I, I was literally starting to, to write, you know, the post-game loss story when, when they got down by, by 17, because they, they just had nothing going. But once they did flip that script, and, and I agree with you, that I thought they played very well against Iowa. They obviously played well against uh, Illinois. You know, definitely part of it is the health of, you know, Rob Fennessy and Trey Galloway, that them together on the defensive end along with Xavier Johnson just makes this a very good perimeter defensive team. I think that's part of it. I think that's part of what flipped the, the Michigan game was having those guys out there because they really disrupted Michigan on the, the perimeter. Um, so so I, I think, you know, a run is possible, um, but there. You know, Race Thompson has, has referred to Johnson as kind of the head of the snake multiple times now, and I think that's very apt. Like, I, I think, you know, even some of the games they've lost recently, he has played so well and given them such a chance to win games against really good teams that I think as long as he continues to play at the level he's been at for the last month, it, and what's really stood out to me is his ability to 
to, to use good judgment, to, to get into the paint, but not, when he does it, not to force up off-balance contested shots. He's really taken the next step of really reading the defense, you know, slow, even slowing down a bit to see what's there. He, he's, you know, his assists have been really high here of late, but he's also shooting at a, at a high rate. His judgment has just been fantastic, and I think that completely changes this team. You know, the combination of him playing so well on the offensive end, they're improved on the defensive end. The, the limiting factor for me right now with Indiana is, you know, in the, in the uh, NCAA tournament, I don't know how many games in a row you can win if you're shooting, you know, 30%, give or take, from the three-point line. I think you're going to run into teams that get hot. You're going to have to get hot. And so that that's my concern is that the – you know, the the Miller cops, the Parker Stewarts have not been shooting the ball well here of late. And I think if that trend continues, they might just run into a hot team that shoots them out of the gym. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking about IU and Wyoming, one of the first four teams or first four games at Dayton tonight, 9, 10 p.m. is the tip-off in that game. Uh, is this a game, Mike, based on what I've read, based on even what you said earlier about Wyoming, is this a game where IU pushing the ball maybe a little bit more than normal? The tempo of this game could favor IU? It seems like it should. Um, I, I noticed one of the things that stood out to me in Wyoming's uh, profile is that they don't get a lot of offensive rebounds, but they, they do rebound well as a team. And so what that tells me is that they make a heavy emphasis on getting back on defense. They, they just kind of – give up on, on their misses and just get back. And so I, I suspect that'll be a real key for them is just, just to not let anything get behind them. Sometimes that's easier said than done when you got a unique guy like Johnson who's just got a, an amazing speed getting up and down the court. I, I have no doubt that they'll try it. It seems like you're – of late that's been a point of emphasis for Indiana is to at least test tempo, uh, try to get secondary break opportunities, you know, get Trace Jackson Davis out and moving that, that if you want to talk about, you know, an opportunity up tempo tonight, he's probably it. Cause I just, I think he's got a real athleticism advantage over the Wyoming bigs and, and trace when, when he's right and he's running the floor is can, can run against just about anybody. So that, so that could definitely be an opportunity just to get him out and running. And you know, to the earlier point, if, if dirt can give him some minutes, uh, the, the minutes that trace is actually out there, he should be able to make a real heavy impact. So, so yeah, I, I do definitely think that that's, that's an opportunity tonight. Mike, I don't know if you're in Dayton or not yet for the ball game, but and I don't know how much crowds factor into advantages for teams. I know it's nice, and Trace Jackson Davis and some of the guys seem to bring up the Hoosier fan base and, and let them know that they appreciate them and hear them when they're roaring and loud like they were over the weekend in Indy. But I've got to believe that Dayton right now is is very much red and white, cream and crimson, IU nation. Uh, you've got a very close proximity, uh, two things uh, from Bloomington, from the state line as well, and you've got a fan base that, again, I made comment of this yesterday, I can't imagine what it would be like at, to host this radio show on a daily basis here in southern Indiana, and I'm sure that you probably can't imagine what it would be like to write for, for your site that's become so popular with the IU fan base if this team was winning on a constant basis and if this team was getting into the NCAA tournament. And 
who knows, maybe made some sort of run in the tournament. I mean, the the last four or five days going back to really the Illinois victory, it's it's been like people are just nuts again about IU basketball and people are, are positive again and people are just thrilled and fans are coming out of the woodwork and bars are filled up and people are getting together to watch the games and what's the plan for the, the first four game tonight. I can't imagine how much more fun this would be if Indiana was a winner on a regular basis. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. I'm, I'm sure you see the same thing that I see, whether it's you know your listeners or my traffic is just that there's a major, major spike when Indiana's doing well. You know, I definitely saw that last week with the Big Ten tournament. There was a lot of kind of excitement out there, some untapped enthusiasm that we haven't seen. I mean, you, you could call it being a fair weather fan, but I think you know. Indiana fans take it personally. Like, you know, if, if they're not doing well, they, they just kind of shut down and it's hard for them to, to want to, to read about it or, or listen about it because it, it's an emotional experience for the hardcore Indiana fans. So when, when they get it going like they did in, in Indianapolis, I think, you know, there's a lot of energy. And I agree. In Dayton last night, you know, there, there was a fair amount of fans there for, for a free practice. But I'll, I'll, I'll be stunned if it's not, you know, a very – energetic enthusiastic iu crowd i mean obviously it's going to be real hard for too many wyoming fans to get there so it's going to be pretty much a home game for for indiana uh, probably a lot of fans in you know southwestern ohio eastern indiana that maybe don't get to as many games that that'll have an opportunity and in what is a really cool arena that was the first time i had been in there last night it reminds me a little bit of hinkle field house uh, a lot of old school feels to it um so if people are in the area, can get tickets, I would definitely encourage it because I think it's going to be a fun game, fun experience. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I've been to a few high school uh, postseason games at, at that arena. I've been to some Dayton games back when Travis Ford uh, coached at UMass, and I was with his family, his father, a lot. What a really neat place that arena is, a great environment, and uh, probably even better tonight when it's, uh, like you mentioned, an IU home game as far as fans go. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike, always appreciate the check-in on Tuesday, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. We'll see uh, a week from now if this Indiana team could somehow, some way, still be alive in the postseason. Yeah, it'd be good to still be talking about the season next week, Matt. Absolutely. All right, Mike, thank All you. Right. Enjoy the game. Thank you. Mike Schumann with us here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Uh, had a text on the text line, or a couple of them, but one I want to read here. Uh, for what it's worth, Coach Woodson has settled X down, talking about Xavier Johnson. Coach Woodson has settled Xavier Johnson down, made him a better player. We watched Devontae Green, I believe, four years Never helped him get better. Obviously, there are textures talking about Archie Miller. Just another plus to this staff. I do agree. I mean, I think when you see um, development of a player, even within the season from start to finish, and everybody's going to to change and, and you would think improve or settle down a bit from, from the beginning to the end. But there have been uh, over the last – even before this little run in the Big Ten tournament, there have been some real signs – for Xavier Johnson that have pointed to him being a much more steady and balanced player and someone that's making much better decisions. And when that sort of advancement happens, a lot of that credit, I think, uh, has to go to the coaching staff and Mike Woodson. So I, I agree, Texture, completely with your comment there. We'll head to a commercial break. More IU basketball is next. Mike Pegram of Pigs.com joins us. We'll get you uh, even more ready for this big one tonight. IU and Wyoming, 9-10, True TV. And the pregame coverage 
here on the Big X. It begins around 8 o'clock with Don Fisher. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here. Final segment on this Tuesday program as IU and Wyoming get ready to do battle tonight in Dayton, a 9-10 p.m. tip-off over in Dayton, Ohio tonight. And we're joined now by Mike Pegram of the Peaks.com website. Mike, before we get back into this game and get your thoughts on the matchup tonight, you have covered IU for a long time. You've covered NCAA tournaments over the years now for many years. Uh, your thoughts on the seed IU got being put into the first four in Dayton and then also for whoever wins this game tonight to go from a 9-10 p.m. Tuesday night game in Dayton uh, to Portland just a few days later, later in this week. Uh, can, can you talk about the travel and the challenge, the logistics, the just that that doesn't seem like something the NCAA would normally do. Is it, is it does it strike you as odd how this all worked out? Yeah, I suspected before that if Indiana was going to Dayton, they would they would be sent to Pittsburgh or Buffalo or someplace that wasn't a you know a reasonable distance from Dayton. But to go all the way out to Portland, um, especially since they're playing the the late game on Tuesday night and have to play you know at 7 p.m. Um, you know, which is 4 p.m. out there uh, on Thursday. It's just uh, crazy. Uh, it's asking a lot of Indiana or, or, or Wyoming, whoever wins that game. They do have a charter flight that they'll jump on. Uh, the winner gets that charter flight that's set up by the NCAA, and, and they'll, they'll get out there as quickly as possible. But especially when you consider Indiana's coming off a Big Ten tournament, they played three, three games in three days and, and really just had Sunday and Monday off. Were you surprised by the first four placement when the yeah, uh, committee yeah. and the brackets came out? Yeah, I, I was. I thought, I told a lot of people after they defeated in Illinois that that would probably keep them out of the first four. And you know, aside from Richmond winning on Sunday, I didn't. I didn't there wasn't a lot of of um, surprising developments from that point forward. Um, you know, I really thought Indiana would be a 11 seed and be one of the last teams to. To, to get a buy, um, Michigan did, and a few others did. And, you know, there were some surprising seeds. I'll tell you that. I think it's been the most criticized NCAA tournament in terms of seeding in a few years. All right, Mike Pegram, Peaks dot com. I guess any uh, any update? I know there was a a, a pre tournament press conference yesterday uh, in Dayton. You got a chance to hear from both coaches and some players in tonight's game. Any update on Jordan Geronimo and his uh, whatever that was with his knee? Yeah, it was actually more lower lower than that, um, and he looks fine. Uh, I you know I I think he'll definitely I think there's a good chance that he'll play. I uh, he was going through the uh, he was more of a glorified shooter on yesterday, but I thought he moved pretty well and was really getting good extension on his jump shot and making a lot of uh, shots. And I thought. You know, given the enormity of the situation, I I would expect him to play. 
All right, talking with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I was reading your uh, your transcript yesterday from uh, the NCAA press conference, and I thought there were some interesting comments, first from Coach Woodson, uh, because it's so intriguing to see him on that podium as a former IU player that had success in the tournament and now back getting the program back to the tournament in his first year as the head coach of that program. Then I thought there were some interesting comments specifically from Trace Jackson Davis that to me really underscored the relationship that him and Mike Woodson have. And it made me start jumping ahead to what the future could be like. Is this going to keep Trace around? And I know that that's a, a conversation to have when the season is over with. But uh, did you uh, – maybe some interesting things that stood out on both of those accounts from Woodson and from Trace yesterday in the in the press conference over in Dayton. Yeah, just how Mike had kind of guided Trace along to kind of reach that point in Indianapolis last week where he kind of played through his, his tight game, you know, his tightness in big game situations. And when he broke through in the second half against Michigan, you could sort of tell that that would kind of launch him into playing well the rest of the week. And that's exactly what happened. And I would think that uh, mentally he's in a much better frame of mind for kind of a do or die NCAA tournament situation because of last week. And I think he uh, credits Mike Woodson for a lot of that. And, um, feels a lot better about the decision to come back for for this season versus you know move, trying to move on to the NBA. Um, as far as next year, I don't know. I mean, he's he's done a lot for his draft stock in the last week, and he has a really good uh, tournament here. Um, you know, he, he may want to strike while the iron is hot, but a uh, uh, lot to be determined with him and Race Thompson and uh, Xavier Johnson, a lot of, a lot of players. It's going to be interesting spring for sure yeah absolutely this off season whenever it gets here let's hope it's still a ways away is going to be an interesting one to follow that's sure the transfer portals making it interesting for every college program mike um i think trace jackson davis has an advantage over big ike of wyoming tonight he's, he's quicker and uh, i think very skilled down there but can he also go to the other end of the floor and guard him effectively without fouling. He's going to have to come up big. And I think Race Thompson could at times as well. He's going to have to come up big on both sides of the floor. But can Trace, who I think has got an offensive advantage here against Big Ike, can he can he score his points but also guard the big man from Wyoming without getting in foul problems? Yeah, Trace has actually been very good about foul trouble. He doesn't really ever fall out. Now, he's, he sometimes draws quick two quick ones and sits in the first half, and that would be the danger tonight. Um, you know, uh, uh, Graham Ike is uh, really good offensively, but he's not a shot blocker. Um, both of them use their left hand to kind of reach up and block shots, and that actually works against you when you're facing a left-hander, you know. Uh, so it'll be, I don't know if Trace will be able to get to some of uh, Ike's shots, but he's got the quickness edge there and, and should be able to go around him. If um, if they do it, go ahead and put um, uh, Green Mike on him, but uh, you know he's a very good post player and um, very underrated, kind of under the radar because he had ACL in senior year high school and so forth. And uh, and he's also very good about not fouling. So I don't know if Trace can get him in foul trouble. Yeah. All right, Mike uh, PegramPeaks dot com. Before we let you go, uh, keys to the game. I mean, I know we've covered some of them here, but other keys to an IU victory tonight, uh, getting the opportunity to move on in the tournament, head out west and take on St. Mary's. For that has to happen, uh, what are some other things we have to see from the Hoosiers tonight? 
Well, I think um, Xavier has to continue to play well. I think his his quickness is going to be a real issue for Wyoming tonight. Um, and you said that pick and roll has really been uh, the bright part of the Indiana offense of late. Um, so that has to continue. I think uh, Indiana has to look like a team that didn't take a breath and just comes in here with that same kind of momentum. Teams kind of reset sometimes after conference tournaments. So those first few minutes will be key. Um, but, you know, they have to be handled a slow-paced game, but, you know, they have a lot of those in the Big Ten. All right, Mike Pegram with us, Mike, of, in Dayton, and uh, we appreciate the conversation today here on uh, NCAA Tournament Game Day, something that you and I haven't been able to say. Yeah. Uh, you've been with us from the very beginning here <laughs> on this program, but uh, nice to be able to say that this year. So, Mike, uh, uh, enjoy the game, and we'll catch up again very soon. All right. Take care, man. Right. Somebody also texted me and said, did you know that Wyoming has a connection? Earlier you were talking about local players you know, in March Madness. Uh, and, yes, I did. Ladrell Whitehead of New Albany uh, played three years at Wyoming. Uh, the 94-95 season was his first, and then he was there for two additional seasons. He set out the 97-98 year because he was a transfer to Ohio uh, and played there in 98-99, finishing his – uh, collegiate career. He had a pretty good uh, numbers, too. I was looking at those earlier uh, when he was at Wyoming. But yes, the Cowboys at one time uh, did have a connection, and I remember uh, getting some posters and some little schedule cards. I mean, Ladrell was a big get uh, for Wyoming back at that time, and I think maybe he went somewhere else first. I don't remember if it – and maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he went straight from New Albany there, but uh, I, he was a big get for them. He was a, It was a big recruit for them and somebody that they – they featured uh, after his first year. So he averaged uh, 14.9 uh, points his freshman year there, 17.7 his uh, second. Then his uh, third year, 21.7. Ladrill had a, had a great three-year run there uh, at Wyoming. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. Big reminder, 10 a.m. tomorrow, 10 a.m. on Thursday. Our show is going to be earlier the next few days because of KHSA Sweet 16 games. Go Hoosiers. Enjoy the game tonight. Back with you at 10 a.m. tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.